Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Most time of the show as I speak. It's Friday, April 23rd. How did it get to be April 23rd? Good God. 2021, the headline in my bright one, my beloved bright one, Chicago Sun-Times, home delivered every day. Fox says she didn't know but should have what prosecutors would say in court about police shooting Adam Toledo. Man, Fran Spielman, Chicago Sun-Times, like a pit bull on Kim Fox. (laughs) Sorry, my pit bull imitation was no good. Anyway, uh, as we do with all uh, distinguished guests on the Benjirovsky Show, on bonus time, I ask my distinguished guest to introduce herself. So this time, she's going to have to introduce herself. Take it away, distinguished guest. Hi, I'm Ramana Hussein. I'm an, met- an assistant metro editor at the Chicago Sun-Times. And she's a columnist with a lot of opinions, as everybody knows, because she's been coming on this show and talking with me uh, pretty much every Friday uh, since I had the show. So we're switching things up a little bit. We're dropping Ramana on Saturdays instead of Fridays. A lot of viewers are like, what's going on? We love Ramana. Okay, just wait an extra day and you'll get to hear her, okay? Stop bugging me, all right? Every now and then you got to paint the walls and change things a little bit. Right, Ramana? Yep, I agree. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's start off. So much to talk about. I had a, a whole list of things to uh, uh, talk about. Why don't we start off with uh, my assault on baby boomers? And uh, feel free to jump in and pound away at me, uh, Ramana. Uh, baby boomers have just been bashing me, okay? So I've become a punching bag for many baby boomers. Uh, and folks, if you haven't seen this, I did a story uh, for the Reader's Newsletter. It was a little column, actually, for the newsletter. I do it once a week, uh, where I just was opining. I think Ramana and I may have talked about this already, but I was just opining about how in the reaction response in the wake of Adam Toledo's shooting, so many baby boomers I know will tell me, you know, Ben, he's no angel. I must have heard that, Ramana, a million times. And 
Why didn't his mother know that he was out running around the streets at night at three in the morning? I must have heard that a million times. And I just couldn't take it, Romana Hussein. I was like, you know, baby boomers, you are so full of it. When I was in high school with you, all you did was brag about sneaking out of the house, fooling your parents, going driving with your friends, speeding, drinking, smoking reefer, having sex, (laughs) hanging out at the lake all night, then coming home and going, hi, mom, like you're Eddie Haskell and fooling her. Now you act surprised some kid fooled his mother. I don't know. Baby boomers are a bunch of hypocrites, Ramana Hussein. Your thoughts have I been too hard on baby boomers? Go ahead. No, I thought you could I thought you summed it up pretty perfectly. Um my life was pretty much like yours, Ben. I don't watch the Mary Tyler Moore show with my parents, but um <laughs> I I you know, my parents my parents did watch me. I mean, if I snuck out of the house, my mom would have busted me for sure. Because, you know, my mom always thought we would be up to no good and we usually listen to them. So my mom would have totally caught us. But yeah, I, I do find that it's really interesting because, you know, when I go back to like, you know, high school reunions or I'm hanging out with people from my high school, all the people that did stuff. And, you know, there was this one thing where they would all hang out at the forest and, you know, go drinking and and do all party party and like sneak out of the house. They're the ones who are the most conservative and like have these views about like how people shouldn't be doing this or people shouldn't be doing that. Meanwhile, I'm the one that, you know, I listen to my parents. My parents are immigrant parents and kind of kept an eye on me all the time. That's just the kind of parents they were. And I kind of never really snuck out of the house. I always told my parents where I was going and never really lied to them too much, maybe once or twice. And and, and I got busted the one time. The one time I tried to um, fool my parents, I, I basically tried to go to a home opener Cubs home opener and with my cousin and I, I did school. I got my friend to call me out and she told me she could do a really good Indian accent. And uh, I got busted because my friend sounded like a 15 year old teenager calling me out. She didn't sound like my mom and I got in trouble. My parents found out they were so disappointed in me. And I'm just saying that one time I tried to like ditch school and do something with <laughs> my parents back. I got busted and I got like 15 hours of detention and I, my dad was really disappointed in me. Nobody in my family. I think I was, my older sister never got detention. So I was the first one in the family to get a slap with the 15 hour detention. So yeah, it, it is funny how all these people who did all this stuff when they were younger are suddenly giving lectures about kids sneaking out in the night. And, and honestly, like I never would have snuck out of the house at 13 years old, but a lot of people do, especially boys. And, you know, parents don't know everything that their kids are doing. Um, a lot of times I also see this with the parents, the ones who are talking about their kids and what angels their kids are. They're the ones whose kids are doing stuff behind their back. So I, I've seen that on that side, too, because um, my mom would always be telling all her friends how bad we were and how we weren't good kids. And all the, and then all the parents would be telling, you know, the, her friends would be telling my mom how good her kids were. And we're like, wait, no, they're not. We're like, we know they do this and that. So. Yeah, it's like you don't know what your kids are doing all the time. And, you know, even my mom, I'm sure I could have fooled her if I wanted to. I was just a really good kid, I guess. And But, yeah, you don't know. And, you know, I know a lot of, you know, boys tell me that that's really common at that age. And, you know, especially for our generation. I was talking to, I was actually in Texas two weeks ago when I wasn't on your show. And a family friend of ours, he has a kid who's a teenager. And we were just talking, he was just talking about how he used to sneak out at night. And he's like, I can't believe I did that. I was like 13, 14 years old. And we'd take the car. He's talking about what he did with his older brother. He's like, maybe we're like, we weren't even driving age and we'd take the car and we'd go out. And he's like, I was expecting my son to do that, but my son never did that. And we were just talking about how like 
especially in the days of the boomers, like there was no way you don't hang out on the internet. You, you know, so there's more chances of people going out and sneaking out. So yeah, for boomers to be saying that they're just a hypocritical bunch, the boomers who are oh. saying that kind of stuff. No boomers as a bunch, as a, I, I, wait, this is so unfair. Let me back up. I shouldn't paint all no, boomers. No, it's a lot of people. It's not boomers. just boomers. A lot of people look back and start lecturing other people. But but you know the reason why I'm picking on the boomers? Because, because boomer. I am a boomer. Yeah. And I, and I have firsthand knowledge. That, that, that Monday morning, uh, folks, you come back to school on Monday morning. It's been a weekend. And everybody or most people are bragging about what they did that weekend. And, you know, I got I had to decide. Uh, Ramana, I had to decide, will I lie and brag with him? Yeah, I was out running around, man. I was with this chick from Skokie, man. <laughs> I, don't know, I picked her up at a McDonald's. Should I come up with something like that? Or should I just tell the truth? Well, my mom and I watched the Bob Newhart show. <laughs> I love the Bob Newhart show, by the way. I didn't, I didn't mention that in the column. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like on a mission. I'm like, oh my God, how can I forget Bob Newhart? He was hilarious. Uh, so I just kind of didn't say anything. And then when I hear them say, I've, and I also feel, uh, having raised kids, my uh, daughters are grown. I've gone through, you know, <laughs> let's just put it this way. Some, uh, hairy moments as a father and, uh, they're great kids. I love my kids. I love their friends dearly, you know, but they went through some wild times too. And it's, I just think it's just so a lack of compassion, Romana, on the part of people. They don't want to extend any kind of sympathy or empathy toward uh, the Toledo family. They just want to blame the Toledo family, you know, and uh, and then it gets political, which is really bizarre. Let me get your thoughts on this, because I got these people weighing in, bashing me, boomers, bashing me, saying he had a gun. That's the difference. He had a gun. And so they're turning it into a gun control issue, which is so weird because you're a MAGA person. You're totally for Second Amendment right now. All of a sudden, you're weighing in on gun rights. I mean, I don't know. The hypocrisy, uh, Romana, it's just hip so hypocritical. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, like Again, like I said, I when I go back to college events, I mean, uh, high school events, it's just funny how the people who are always partying and getting away with stuff, all of a sudden have become uh, pretty conservative. I went to uh, a get together, uh, you know, during the pandemic, it was outdoors. And of course um, the people that were partiers didn't want to wear their masks. Um, and so, and they were telling me how they thought masks were a joke, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's pretty funny. I, I think, I think what I, I thought your column was very spot on. And I know, I know you're targeting boomers because you're a boomer, but that's with a lot of people. I've seen that with a lot of people and my mom, you know, it's really funny because whenever my mom saw someone being, my mom's pretty strict, but whenever she saw someone being overly strict with their kids, she's just like, I doubt it when you're a teenager, you were just like your kids. And, you know, so she thinks some parents go overboard too, because they forget who they were when they were teenagers. And my mom always says like teenagers, you know, there's, she's always like teenagers are the same all around the world. Like, you know, it's that age, you know, people do things, they sneak out, they do things here and there. You definitely don't want to get hurt. But of course, she kept an eye on us, like she was eagle-eyed on us. But yeah, I, I think a lot of people forget who they were when they were like 13, 14, 15 years old and suddenly become very luxury. And, you know, yeah, of course, you as you get older, you have like a, your perspective changes. But still, I, I think the sympathy part, it's like you, you've got to have sympathy 
for yeah. um, a lot of, you know, you know, there, it's just a sad case. The Adam Toledo case is very sad. Um, of course, in an ideal world, a 13 year old wouldn't be holding a gun, wouldn't be out in the middle of the night with a 21 year old holding a gun. But, you know, everybody's circumstances are different. You know, where I grew up, you know, there was more opportunities. You're like, you know, the average boy wasn't going to be out there with a gun. And you have to look at the circumstances. And, you know, his mother's, I mean, from all, from what I've seen, his family seems like, you know, a very caring family. They seem very conscientious. So it's all, it's all a very sad case. Um, you know, just as a journalist, I did watch the videos and it was just heartbreaking watching the video. All right, well, let's move on to the political ramifications of the case and uh, away from the gossipy end of it. Um, Political ramifications are, uh, well, uh, Cook County State's attorney, Kim Fox, is going to have to make a a very uh, difficult decision. Does she prosecute the police officer who fired the gun uh, and killed uh, Adam Toledo? And uh, I think I told you before you came on the show, Ramona, I've been asking each guest that comes on, uh, local guests anyway, their thoughts on this, uh, two contrasting views this week and the last week, uh, Troy LaRavier, the head of Chicago Principals Association, and uh, Susanna Mendoza, who's controller, state controller. Susanna Mendoza, I don't know if you know this, uh, was a representative uh, in that dis- uh, the area where the shooting took place. Oh, so mm-hmm. she was very familiar. She said she actually lived at two blocks away um, from where the shooting took place. Yes, Chanel is on the north side. And she was saying from the perspective of somebody in the neighborhood uh, that you have to take very seriously a shooting. That's what began the whole process. Uh, uh, The 21-year-old that Adam Toledo, Ramon, I think his last name is, was running with, uh, fired a gun. That's what brought the police to them in the first place and initiated the chase, et cetera, and so forth. And she said that her heart is with the people who are law-abiding citizens in an area where there is so much crime and gun gun violence, uh, and she would not uh, prosecute the police officer because the the police officer was the 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 murder was set into action by the shooting of the gun uh, by Ramon, uh, and it was a split second decision. And Troy Laravier's position was that a police officer should not say uh, he puts his life on the line unless he puts his life on the line. Uh, And there was that moment where uh, Adam Toledo turned around with his hands in the air, and that was enough time for a police officer, a trained police officer, to see that he had no gun, and so he shouldn't have shot it. And that that impulse that um, the the officer displayed where he just fired the gun, almost just like a sheer reaction, is something that, like an an untrained civilian would do. And so as a result, uh, he should uh, be prosecuted. Uh, your thoughts on all this? I, I I have to admit, I'm not like a legal expert, but um, it's I for me, it's a very complicated question. I don't know one way or the other what should happen. I do think a lot of people feel like enough is enough um, and that he should be charged um, with at least something. Um, you know, I don't know what I would do in that split second. I'm not a police officer. And it probably is a very scary situation. Nobody's going to say that. But the kid did turn around and he put his hands in the air. That was so quick in what, in what happened. I, I think a lot of people probably feel that he should at least be charged with manslaughter. But do I think he's going to be charged? The police officer? No, I don't. I don't think he will. Just because it was so quick. The child did have a gun. There's a question whether he could see it from the vantage point of where he was standing. But as Troy said, why did he panic? 
And, you know, I, I know a lot of my friends have been pointing out too. you know, a lot of people on social media are showing, you know, incidents where white men, white young men are holding guns and nothing happens to them. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse was openly carrying a firearm at the protest in Wisconsin and nobody did anything and he ended up killing people. So I think those are good questions to raise. Do I think he should be charged? I, I try to look, I'm just saying as, as someone who's a journalist, um, I try to look at each specific police related shooting um, differently and not to say that there isn't a disproportionate number of black and brown males, especially being shot or black and brown, you know, females too, as we see seen this week um, being shot. So something has to change. That's what, that's what I can say definitively. Um, they need to change the way police are trained. And I know some people think that police officers shouldn't even have guns. I don't know if I, I don't know. That's a little complicated for me as well, but I just think something needs to change. And I think a lot of people know, I kind of feel like people know that the officer who was um, involved with Adam Toledo shooting isn't going to be charged. That's what I feel. But I don't know. Maybe he, he will get charged with manslaughter. Well, I began uh, the segment uh, making note of the uh, the headline in today's bright one today, sometimes over uh, Fran Spielman uh, article. And uh, Fran Spielman uh, was, uh, goes at uh, Kim Fox pretty hard uh, on <laughs> the first comments regarding the first comments of the prosecutor who worked for Kim Fox, who falsely stated in court uh, that Toledo had a gun in his hand when uh, he turned and faced the officer. So the officer was looking at a kid with a gun in his hand, when in fact, as we've all seen, he had tossed the gun away and then turned around with his hands in the air. Uh, and there's that last image of him with his hands in the air, no gun in his hand. Uh, and so that uh, prosecutor has been uh, suspended, I think is... The, he's, been the, placed, what, he's, he's been placed on leave. I've actually edited some of those um, stories. I do think um, there are questions out there as to, you know, how the proffer, that proffer is what's been read in court. And so this proffer was read in the bond court hearing of the 21-year-old that was with Adam Toledo. And so when this, I think, I believe, um, I'm forgetting the date that it was, but basically it took five days for the prosecutors to say, I mean, for the Cook County State's Attorney's Office to say anything. So for five days, you know, so this guy comes to bond court and this prosecutor mentions that Adam Toledo did have a gun before he was shot. And so the press was reporting that for five days and nobody said anything. And then maybe hours before the video was released, the Cook County State's Attorney's Office said that that prosecutor was not, quote unquote, fully informed, unquote. And so that is a little you would think that if the state's attorney's office knew at some point, they should have said something. Why did they wait so long and let the press keep writing this? And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, why did the press listen to the police or the prosecutors? But the thing is, this is the information that we're given and we attribute it to these individuals. So for five days, this was happening. And so, you know, I know our reporter um, asked questions uh, to the state's attorney's office, like what videos were available to this prosecutor? Did, did he have access to all those videos? And so, you know, the state's attorney's office was kind of going, hemming and hawing and going back and forth. And they said that, well, nothing that he said was wrong. But he was his uh, statement was misconstrued. And then they ended up this is Friday. I edited the story. This is last week, Friday. I edited the story. And then like late Friday night, I saw on my Twitter feed that the um, prosecutor was placed on uh, leave of absence. 
So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I just think that the state's attorney's office, if they had known or they must have known about what was on the video, because I, I think um, Adam Toledo's family saw it or the city had seen it. And I don't know what transpired, but they basically let five days transpire before the proper was read and before they said that there was, you know, the prosecutor didn't have all the facts or wasn't missing, wasn't fully informed. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a significant botch up, and it, because it it uh, it exposes so much about how here I'm going to isolate it to Chicago, how we treat police shootings uh, in Chicago, and it's like this evolution, and it just goes to uh, to show you uh, the trepidation that we have as a society here in Chicago to judge police too harshly. It's it's like. Uh, for years and years and years, police have been given a pass on so many issues. Ramon, I've seen this since I moved to Chicago in the 80s. There was police torture going on. <laughs> and the, they elected this, as mayor the uh, Richard Daly, who was the state's attorney looking the other way in the face of it. And it was just like Daly didn't want to confront the police. He stayed away from the police and that. And we just, it's this culture we have in Chicago. So, you know, here we have a, a moment where an instance where there is a footage. And I, I just do not understand why they don't release the footage and just holding it back. Agreed. So what it just builds up like ex expectations on both sides. You get yeah. these heated debates. People don't are talking about something they don't even know what they're talking about because they haven't seen the tape. So you're you say, well, you want to uh, keep people calm and cool and on top of things. You just gin up more anxiety uh on on, on on both sides and and then uh the prosecutor i don't know what he's thinking because either he didn't see the tape which maybe he didn't see the tape or what was he thinking like if he did see the tape what is he thinking it's going to be another anita alvarez thing with laquan mcdonald where they don't show the tape you know what I mean? So he can get away with it. I'll, I'll, sooner or later, we're going to see the tape. So I don't get this from start to finish. Uh, and, um, you know, if we're supposed to suddenly have a new attitude, as you're saying, you should, about police shootings, I believe at the very least, you should show the public the tape right off the top. Uh, as opposed to letting this drag out. Go ahead. I agree. I, I think the more, the longer you wait, the more distrust it creates. I mean, I was seeing stuff on Twitter, you know, bef when, when, before the video was released, you know, people are saying all kinds of things and we, nobody's seen the videotape. Like my, my policy is I'm not going to say anything until I see the tape and what's on there. But just given the history of police, in the misinformation, like you look at the Laquan McDonald situation, when that story came out, it was just a brief, right? We took what the police said um, in the media and it was a paragraph at the most, you know, saying that you know, this is, this, the shooting was justified and this guy, you know, had a weapon and, and then you look at the video. So, and then it's completely different. And I, I, I think that's, it's like that kind of mistrust. It just, it's kind of, it kind of snowballs and it's kind of at that point where it's like, it's like a huge snowball and people don't, a lot of people don't trust the police mm -hmm. and, you know, they feel like, okay, let's see what the video shows. And then, you know, we were told that the Adam Toledo had a gun in his hand and he did have a gun in his hand, but he did not have a gun in his hand when he was shot. And so for five days, like I said, we, 
you know, the media, including the Sun-Times, had stories about how the child had a gun. We didn't have exactly, you know, whether he was pointing it at anybody, but we had that he had a gun. And so that does change the narrative. And then you watch the video and the video had like different angles and you see the kid throw the gun and he had it in his right hand and he threw the gun well by a fence that he was standing at. But in that like less than of a second time, he turns around and had his hands up. Yeah. And that's the image that, you know, is kind of like burning in all of our minds when you see, and then it's just a harrowing tape. You know, you see, I don't know if you saw the parts where the officers are trying to give him CPR and, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and you just look at his face and he is a baby, you know, he is a baby. He's 13 years old. So no, the, on, on that level alone, it's, it's, um, far different than Laquan McDonald where Laquan McDonald's just gone down. The Laquan McDonald thing, the more I think about it, just the more unbelievable it is the, the police. Well, let's not revisit Laquan, but the point is he was gunned down, uh, unceremoniously with 16 shots by this lunatic who hopped out of a car, wasn't even on the scene, just, just took the law in his own hands. Uh, then they just left the body there for a while in the, uh, like, Oh, well that, that's, that takes care of that. And, um, Within the case of Adam Toledo, you could see there's remorse on the p- part of the cop. You know, I'm come on. You know, he starts uh, giving him first aid, and so uh, I, I think the enormity of what he had done was starting to hit him. So it's a really complicated, uh, difficult. Just imagine before we move on, Romana, had it been reversed. Follow me on this. Just popped in my head. So instead of the the prosecutor saying the videotape shows that he had a gun in his hand, and then it turns out he doesn't. Imagine if he said. Uh, the videotape shows he had no gun in his hand. And in fact, when the videotape came out, he had a gun. Can you imagine MAGA, what they would be doing right now? Fox would be going around, the, showing the video over and over. They would be calling uh, Kim Fox. They'd say, Kim Fox is one of this new breed of George Soros-sponsored prosecutors who are weak on crime. I mean, just imagine, Romana, what it would be like if the roles were reversed in this case. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Then it would be totally different on the other end, right? So. Yeah, and uh, so Kim Fox, Kim Fox would be totally vilified uh, by um, yeah. Maga Nation, and now, and you know, well, since it doesn't fit their whatever their needs, they're kind of quiet about this. All right, let's move on uh, from uh, this story and. Uh, uh, since we're talking about um, unsubstantiated uh, rumors that are fed by Twitter and uh, gossip, let's make it a little lighter. Uh, over the weekend, uh, last weekend, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot was the subject of all kinds of gossip. Uh, that uh, and people were saying <laughs> they. Were, I was getting the calls just like you were, Romana. Saturday night, I'm trying to watch Concrete Cowboy. I get those calls from everybody. Text Ben, Lori Lightfoot's gonna step down tomorrow. <laughs> She's gonna step down. I was like, I didn't believe it for one second, Romana Hussein. Yeah, it was it was it was it was Saturday night. Um, we were at my mom's house, Ramadan started, so it was the first weekend that we were uh fasting and it was also mixed my husband's birthday. So my mom had us all over and I'm sitting there and then I get a text from uh, a millennial friend of mine and he's like, Lori Lightfoot's resigning, and I'm like, What? 
And I hadn't gotten any alerts from Sun Times or anybody, and I'm like, and I, I basically just kind of brushed it off and said, no, like, why, why would she be stepping down? I, I can't. I didn't even see anything. I didn't see any news stories, so I didn't think anything of it. I said, I don't think so. I, where did you hear that? And then it just kind of the conversation kind of ended. And then we get home. It was late night. It was probably 1 a.m. And I just like hopped onto Twitter for like a second. And then I saw Lori Lightfoot trending. And then I started thinking about what um, my, you know, my friend, my family friend had just texted me. And then so I looked, I looked, I went down a rabbit hole within like 10 minutes. And it was all these like tweets about Lori Lightfoot um, having some sort of threesome at an Elmhurst hotel using taxpayers dollars to rent a hotel and have a threesome. And then her wife finds out about it and then beats her up. And then her daughter ends up calling 911. And it was like, there was, everybody was like soaking this rumor up. It was just insane. And then, you know, I'm like, I didn't see any news stories about this from any like Chicago media outlets. So I started Googling like, you know, Lori Lightfoot, you know, resigning affair and then nothing comes up. And I'm just like, it just shows you how social media people can just take a rumor and then, you know, go with it. There was a lot of people who are like blue check marks. Blue check marks are official people, like, you know, like media people. I didn't see anybody in Chicago, any Chicago media people going with this rumor. But there was people who have like millions of followers and they started writing this stuff. So this kind of snowballed into something crazy. And then it was so and then I, I asked Mick if he saw it and he really he didn't go on Twitter that day. He's like, I hadn't heard about it. And then, of course, the next day, Lori Lightfoot has a Twitter thread about um about <laughs> about the rumors and she said i can't believe this you know she didn't say i can't believe this happened but she said that are homophobic and sexist and and so do you think they were read. yeah that's what she said she said it was homophobic no i know i know and she said that yeah. and and uh my uh, good friend Ke- kelly casey cassidy who may be your state rep yeah, i think kelly is. cassidy is your state rep or was uh uh who uh, kelly cassidy a big supporter of Lori lightfoot uh, texted out something along the line that they were uh, misogynist, misogynist, homophobic, and, yeah, homophobic. and uh, racist. Yeah. Um, so did you see it that way? Um, some people, a lot of people who were on the left were basically saying that don't try to use those like excuses for the rumor. I mean, I could see it as that. Um, you know, I, I personally like it does. I think it's okay to go after Lori Lightfoot for her politics that's fine. And for her, you know, hemming and hawing on the release of the video and just, you know, her descriptions of things and, and just her, you know, the promises that she made that she hasn't followed through with, with, you know, cutting people's mics off at a city council hearing. I think that's all fair game, (laughs) but I don't know. I, I don't, I just don't think it's, even if you're not a journalist, I'm not even speaking from a journalist, but just from as a regular lay person, I don't think it's really healthy or really, I don't know. I don't think it's really helpful to come out with a rumor about someone that has no truth to it about, you know, someone that's in the middle of a really important heated discussion. And, you know, a lot of these individuals, you know, they're, they're talking about how they really care about Adam Toledo and I'm sure they do, but it's like, you're basically taking this and like making a total farce out of it. And it's, it's not a farce. It's a, it's a very sad situation. And I just, I just didn't, I didn't think it was funny. That's just from my point of view. You didn't think it was the 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 Twitter Twitter. I didn't think the gossip about Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, I don't think the gossip and spreading rumors about her was particularly 
you know, funny. A lot of people were like, oh, everybody's getting so sensitive. Like, you know, why are these journalists getting so sensitive? And, you know, you don't report the news accurately. Kind of, you know, that's kind of some of the tone that I saw. So, like, you shouldn't be too upset when people are spreading rumors. And I, I just don't, I just don't, I, I, whether it's a left or right, I just don't think making up lies, whether it's the QAnon people or people on the left, I just don't think making up lies is very helpful. Well, let me say this about my beloved left, uh, which I love dearly. You guys lost your freaking minds last weekend, okay? And furthermore, you were interrupting my watching of Concrete Cowboy. I'll just throw that out. I was the ultimate victim, not Lori Lightfoot. Um, and uh, I, I, will, I will draw a distinction between the left and the right and uh, see if you agree with it, Ramon. Yes, the left was absolutely wrong last weekend when they indulged their fantasies that Lori Lightfoot, who they disliked, was just going to step down so they wouldn't have to go through the trouble of defeating her at the polls. Okay, so yes, they indulged their fantasies, and they just went with some cockamamie rumor that was spread by the police or started by the police, apparently. So they pick and choose when they're going to believe the police. Uh, so yeah, they lost their mind. But to distinguish them from QAnon, in fairness, to quote your husband, um, they once they were called out and they realized that they'd been fooled and taken in, they didn't, as a group, continue to insist that their, <laughs> their made-up story was that's, true. That's a, Trump is still going around saying the election was stolen from him. That is true. That is true. But um, I, I agree. I'm just saying that I, I just don't I personally just don't think it's helpful or maybe maybe I'm, I'm getting I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I kind of laughed at some of that, um, some of the tweets, because people are like, you're telling me Lori has two chicks, but still doesn't have a tailor. Like, you know, there's kind of jokes like that about her about her clothes. And like, you know, I think Lori Lightfoot had a hat that, you know, and then somebody goes, this is like somebody drawing, you know, they compared her to Al Capone. And I'm not going to say I didn't chuckle at some of this. Some, some of the uh, tweets, but I, I just don't, I just don't write. I don't know if making up lies about someone is, is fair. I think, yeah, I think you can go after Lori Lightfoot's politics and the way she's been conducting herself. That's fine. That's fair game. I just don't think going. Oh, it's totally not fair, but yeah, let I me just throw this. Okay, it's fine. totally not fair, uh, but it's I, human nature. Good God. Of course. I, I, I don't say, but we know when I, when I gossip there, it's actually based in fact. Like, it's like a real, I don't like makeup gossip. Like if I hear like somebody tells me something about somebody and I, I don't have any confirmation of it. First of all, I try to keep my gossip. I do talk a lot and I'm not saying I don't gossip, but my gossip stays within a certain group and it's usually legit. I'm, I'm, I don't make stuff up. I don't make stuff up about somebody having a threesome and then their wife beating them up. And then <laughs> yeah, no, it's, on it, it got into where, and by the way, I'll just take this moment. All you Twitter users out there, mm -hmm. you love that little Twitter thing so much. Mm -hmm. A lot of good it did you. You look like a bunch of fools. <laughs> By the way, and I'm going to show, oh, my God, I might as well just reveal my utter ignorance and expose myself to even more ridicule than I already get. What's a blue check mark? A blue check mark is someone that's like, it's just like it, it proves that that bad is that person like they're like that important like I have a blue check mark but the only reason I do is because I'm um 
um, um, it means you're verified. Like this is. Really oh, so in other words, it's not someone saying they're Romano saying. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, mostly, columnist Yeah, kind. and it's mostly for um, I think yeah, because you know why? Because there's a lot of celebrity accounts. Like you know, let's yeah. say Brad Pitt has one, but if Brad Pitt was on Twitter, which I don't think he is, they would it would be Brad Pitt, and if it really was him, they he'd have a blue check mark. The only reason I do is because the Sun Times, like they had this. Um, we had our one of our social media um, reps or somebody that works in our office got us all blue check marks. So you should have a blue check mark, Ben. I think. That would mean I was using Twitter. Yeah, uh, which, you are on uh, Twitter. Somebody I am on Twitter. Used, somebody, Allison True. Yeah, Allison True. You know, I love you, Allison. My old editor at the Reader, who uh, is now uh, the producer of this John Wayne Gacy documentary insisted that I go on Twitter, insisted. Allison made me do it, Romana. I didn't want to do it. I don't want to. Ben, go on there. So I went on and so yeah, I have a Twitter account, but I have the worst Twitter handle. It's not even my real name. Somebody could, I shouldn't even give this idea out. They could just say, hey, I'm Ben Jarofsky. You know what I mean? Um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on uh, from Lori and gossip. Gossip will always exist, folks, one way or another, uh, like it or not. Uh, I suppose, but you're right. That one was just out of left field. That was that. That was in the realm of Martians are landing, um, <laughs> and the left fell for it. You know, I love you, left. Come on, I. You know, I love you. Uh, not your finest moment, though. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, breaking news. If Dennis were here, breaking news uh, out of California. Caitlyn Jenner has announced that she's running for governor. Uh, of California in the uh, the special election that will happen, the recall election, the bizarre. We're going to have guests coming on next week to explain how it works. But essentially, they're trying to uh, recall the governor, uh, Gavin Newsom. Uh, and so the way it works is that there's it's a two-part uh, uh, election. You get to uh, vote yes or no. Do you want to recall the governor? And then you get to vote for the person that you would like to replace the governor with. Uh, and if there's not, if more than 50% of the people vote for the governor, he it's it's moot. But if uh, less than 50% people vote for the governor, then the person who has the most votes is the new governor. And that's how they do things in the state of California. And they actually recalled a governor, uh, Gray Davis, uh, back in the day, I want to say about 2003 or so. And there, I think there's like 40 people ran for governor uh, back then, Ramon and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger won. Caitlyn Jenner. Help us out with Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Why in the world would anybody vote for Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> for governor? Point. It's really funny because uh, Caitlyn Jenner, um, uh, the newer generation, had no idea. You know, this is, I guess they would call it the dead name. That's what they call it when, uh, when for transgender ind individuals. So when she was Bruce Jenner, um, she kind of had a resurgence on keeping up with the Kardashians. Now I admit I watched that show. I'm a fan. And uh, my younger sister um, who was born in 1980 had no idea who Bruce Jenner was. So for her, for, for people who started watching that show, the younger generation, nobody had any idea who that was. And I remember Bruce Jenner being on the Wheaties box. And when I saw the show, he was the only one I knew. And when one of the Kardashians first came on air, like, maybe 14, 15 years ago, I was like, oh, Bruce Jenner, Bruce Jenner. And my younger sister was like, who's that? And so I explained it to her. So, you know, I have been following Caitlyn Jenner for a while. It's really funny because uh, Tina Smondellis, who used to work at the Sun-Times and Stefano Esposito and I, we have a text chat group. 
And Tina and I start talking about the Kardashians sometimes and Stefano gets really annoyed with us. Anyway, he's the one today in the morning when I wake up, the first text message I see is from Stefano telling us that Caitlyn Jenner is running for <laughs> governor. So he gave us some keeping up with the Kardashians uh, gossip. So I don't know. It's interesting. You know, uh, Caitlyn Jenner voted for Donald Trump. I don't know if she voted for him twice, but she's a little interesting. I don't know who would vote for her because she really doesn't have I guess it doesn't matter at this point. You don't really have to have a political background to run for office these days. But uh, she's never really held an office or ran in political circles. Um, when I watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians, uh, she, she did like to golf and she liked uh, flying airplanes, like those remote airplanes. That's what she was into. And she gave a lot of speeches. I know she is politically... She did talk about her politics once in a while. She, you know, she she said that she was voting for Donald Trump, and but that's about it. I, I I don't know who would vote for her, but I would think that it would add to, you know, people are going to be talking about it. She's kind of been out of the news because she had a kind of fallout with the Kardashians, so she hasn't. She had her own show. I'm sure you know this, Ben, but it didn't do very well. You know, because she tries to kind of be a Kardashian with the <laughs> with the glam, the glam and. Uh, you know, the fashion and stuff. But um, so and then, then you know, she gave an interview where she kind of blasted her ex-wife, Kris Jenner. And then so the daughters and the family kind of her, her two daughters are on, are on, the, are on the Kardashians. Um, but the Kardashian sisters, the Jenners are OK with them. But I think the Kardashian sisters. So I, I'm, I'd be interested to see what happened because the Kardashians are ending their run on the show. I wonder if they're going to weigh in on the elections. I think people are going to be watching that. I, I hope they don't endorse uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I have uh, issues which I'll, I'll just. Everybody in that family is running. It was Kanye and now it's uh, Caitlyn. Yeah, Kanye, <laughs> Kanye, Kanye oh, was ex, running ex for president. Uh, they got that urge. They all want to run for office, but Kanye didn't really work that hard at it. In the end, it was a. Uh, MAGA was circulating his petitions in the hope that they could get uh, Democratic voters to get, oh vote for Kanye. <laughs> like some guy's going to throw out his vote for Kanye West. Didn't really work, MAGA. Uh, I'm going to share a, a prejudice I have and a bias I have, Ramana, and feel free uh, to chide me and rip me and tell me I'm prejudiced. Uh, I do not understand how trans people can be MAGA people. I don't understand how Indian Americans can be MAGA people. I don't understand how black Americans be, can be MAGA people. I'm really confused about Jewish people who are MAGA people. MAGA represents to me such intolerance and hate. So what are you going to do, pick and choose? Well, I feel I'm rich. Caitlyn Jenner's rich. So I feel cool. I like their tax policies. So I'm going to ignore the fact that what? They're, they're, they support white nationalists? You know what I mean? If you're in a group that's in like picked on and a minority and quotes minority, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 Ramana, I don't get it. I don't understand it. You and I have talked about it in terms of Indian Americans who love MAGA and work for Trump. Uh, I just don't get it. Go ahead. Those, those are BJP people when it comes to Indians. I do get confused in Muslims support for support Trump. That's confusing to me. The Indians are the Indian people who vote for MAGA are the same people who vote for the, you know, who are supportive of the government in India, which is very right wing, too. So that's the Indian connection. But, yeah, I don't I don't get the Indians either. I don't know why you would want to vote for Trump. 
But yeah, the Muslims perplex me, the Jewish people voting for Trump perplex me, as do the Latino and the African American, any any people of color really. It does perplex me to a certain extent. Um, there's definitely some groups where I'm like, okay, I know why. I, I can tell. Like whenever, like I know I'm not I'm not make trying to make stereotypes, but um a lot of um Eastern European immigrants are very pro-Trump. Um, this is anecdotally, but a, there's a lot of Assyrian uh, Americans in the northern suburbs. They all tend to be Trump supporters. And I think that's mostly because they've been discriminated against in their countries. So it's like they're into that anti-Muslim thing. Um, the people that uh, the guy who cuts my hair is, I don't know, I think he's a Trump supporter. He was telling me how he didn't want to get vaccinated. And then my mom's like, you need to find a new hairdresser. So I'm probably have to go to your wife next go, time. Go to my wife. She's vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. So my mom's like, why are you going to someone who doesn't want to get vaccinated? And I'm like, yeah, I know. He just cut my hair really good because Assyrian people have hair like Indian people. They have dark hair and it's really thick. So they know how to cut her hair and do our eyebrows too. I'm not, I'm not bragging, but my wife can cut the hair too. I'm not bragging or anything. I'm just <laughs> I saying. Can. I actually am thinking about going to her next time I get a haircut. That's that would be plan. really cool. So yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm, I'm going on stereotypes here, but I do do certain communities and I'm like, okay, the logic, I guess I'm understanding the Eastern Europeans, they tend to be lumped in with the white Americans and, you know, they, they have that white privilege. But yeah, I don't get the people of color voting for Donald Trump. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, before we go to recommendation, I'm going to ask you for some help on a column I'm writing. Get your opinions. Sure. Thinking of writing a column uh, about LeBron James, the oh, great yeah. basketball player, and uh, who's being vilified by Wright. MAGA's uh, really going after him strong. Fox, Hannity, uh, Ben Shapiro, the usual cast of characters, because they say he's a hypocrite because he dares to speak out against police who shoot black people in the United States, but won't speak out against um, the Chinese regime uh, and its repression. Um, it's interesting because many of the people being repressed in China are Muslim. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't hear a word of, of All of a sudden, Trump. Republicans care about the Muslims. Yeah. Overseas, <laughs> they want them banned from the United States, but they really care about the ones overseas. Yeah. They want to move to China, and then they want to criticize China for repressing Muslims. So, interesting. Uh, ben Shapiro right back at you. It's like, um, it's like he's, he's a black man. You know what I mean? Like LeBron James is a black man. Of course, you know, I mean, what's wrong with him caring about, you know, the shooting of black men? This is a, it's, a, it's, it's an important issue for his community. Let him speak out about it. It's not like Ben Shapiro speaks out about everything. It's like not every single person when they have a cause or they speak out against certain things, they, they, they're not expected to speak out against every single thing that's wrong in this country. So I, I just think it's crazy. I mean, LeBron James speaking out as a black man against police killings of black and brown people is not really, not really that shocking. I just, I, I, I don't even follow LeBron James that much, but I do whenever he makes the news, I do like hear about his like political stances and I think it's awesome. And it's great. And it's like, it's like telling people like telling Colin Kaepernick, why do you have to take a knee? It's like, well, he is a black man and uh, guess why he has to take a knee. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it's, it's just like, you know, it's like that whole thing where like someone told LeBron James just to shut up and dribble, like yeah. let him talk about that's what, that's what the attitude is this week. Right. Just shut up and dribble. Like it's okay for a lot of people in white America to watch a black person play sports. But the minute they open their mouth, 
and talk about discrimination against African American, the historical discrimination against African American people. It's like, oh, just shut up and just do your thing. And it's, yeah. it's just terrible. It's terrible. That was a great riff, and you pretty much wrote my column for me. So I was taking <laughs> notes. And as I, I tell many of my guests, I'm going to steal all your ideas and not give you any credit. Uh, everybody's going, damn, he's smart. Um, all right, we'll close uh, with one of my uh, favorite segments. Uh, Romana's recommendation. I uh, pick up on a lot of good shows from Romana Hussein. Uh, so, what are you recommending these days? So, you mentioned Allison True a few minutes yes. ago, um, mm -hmm. your former boss. And yes. um, I have to recommend uh, the John Wayne Gacy documentary on Peacock. Um, it's uh, you have to actually like on my Roku on my streaming services. I had to uh, get a seven day trial. So I told Mick, we have to watch it. Usually it takes them really long to watch shows. So I'm like, we got to watch it really quick. So I believe it's like a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a six um, episode uh, series and it's really, really good. I mean, John Wayne Gacy, um, it's funny because whenever I go out of town and I ask people who John Wayne Gacy is, especially if they're younger than me, they have no idea who it is. But everybody in Chicago knows who he is. Like even my younger siblings know who he is. And, I was a kid when this happened, but, you know, my younger sister has colleagues at work. She works with a lot of, she's an investigator for the state and she works with a lot of people, a couple of people who are much, you know, older than her. And they, they said that they were getting, they think they got almost picked up by John Wayne Gacy where some guy was driving. And, you know, they said in the seventies, like getting picked up was a normal thing. People hitchhiked all the time, but the, the John Wayne Gacy story is just incredible. There's, there's parts about it. I thought I knew everything about it, but I really don't. So I think it's a good series. The other thing um, we started watching is Ken Burns' uh, documentary on Ernest Hemingway. It's a three-part series, but each part is like three, two hours long. I watched the first part, and it's pretty interesting. Um, Ernest Hemingway is probably a little dated now, um, I, but I did like some of his books when I read them in high school. Um, he definitely was seemed like a pretty sexist guy, but just watching, watching documentary on him and who he was and just like, you know, me being from Chicago, you hear about him being from Oak Park and just his parents and his family. It's it's pretty interesting. And the other, the entertaining show I'm watching right now, I just started uh, this week. It's just one episode so far on HBO Max. Max. It's called uh, Mayor of Easttown. Mm. The new Kate Winslet um, murder mystery show. It's I gotta say it's pretty good. It, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I haven't watched Kate Winslet. Um, you know, she's not in a period. You know, she's playing some a cop in a small town, so it's against type. She's usually in a period costume or something. But um, I think it's pretty good. Um, I watched it with Mick one episode, and I told him, if you don't want to watch it, I'll watch it by myself. But um, he 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 liked it. So I think we're going to be watching that. And I, I don't know if you're going to be doing this this weekend, but I admit I am going to be watching the Oscars. I already told Mick. Oh, yeah. I'm not watching anything with you on Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to be watching the Oscars. You can do your own thing. So that's Yeah, that's I watch the Oscars. That. Uh, we watch the Oscars every year. This year, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really in it. By the way, I just want to shout out. We got a, a Sergio Mims uh, show we did last week where he previews the Oscars, makes his predictions. Um, I, I, it was an off year for me with movies, but I'll still watch the Oscars. I, even, I told you, I, I don't even know if they're going to have the red carpet. I even watched the red carpet. I'm going to tell you right now, Rondo Walk to see Concrete Cowboy with Idris Elba. It's on Netflix. It's so freaking good. I'm still a little mad at my lefty, uh, my dear lefty friends for interrupting my viewing of it with their Lori Lightfoot rumors. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting over it, lefty. Okay, I'm getting over it. 
I, I hope you watch that. We can talk about that at a future show. And I'm, you have homework assignment. I'm giving Ramana Hussein a homework assignment because I really want you to watch Tina, the documentary about Tina Turner. It's on HBO. I watched it. I just loved it. I can't, but I'm going to hold back off taking the deep dive until you've watched it. And we'll do a, like a whole segment on it, uh, or at least a portion of a segment after you've watched it. Cause I just think it was so inspirational the story of Tina Turner. And uh, so I urge you to watch that as well. In fact, I gave you an assignment. You have to watch it. So okay. I will, I will. And, and, and you, and this is to, to, to the listeners out there. Ben was asking me if I knew who Tina Turner was. I'm okay. I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. So I do. She had a whole comeback in 1984 when I was in junior high. So I definitely okay. know who she was. I know who the she is. Only reason I asked her that uh, listeners you made me out feel there. young. I'm not young. Is because I said, I, I saw Tina and she said, who? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I'm, I listen, I say this all the time. We were taught in journalism not to assume your readers know anything. So it's like, anytime I mention anything political, I always have to explain who it is because, well, particularly with the reader, the old reader editors, they were like, just thought that they'll take any old rock and roll reference, expect everybody to know it. But if you mention a politician, they just assume that people don't know who it is. So anyway, I've been trained that way, Romana. So Tina Turner, comma, a singer from the 1960s and 70s had a comeback in the 80s. Anyway, great. It's awesome. You'll love it, I think. And we'll, I look forward to talking to you about it. So um, anyway, Ramana Hussein, editor columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times and a regular on our show. Thanks so much for taking the time uh, to join us. Okay. Well, thank you for having me again. All right. That's Ramana. I'm Ben. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>